calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons we found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Les Hangout, a podcast hosted by the lesbians you'd want to hang out without a lesbian bar. True. From the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. This week, at the start of Pride Month, we refuse to ignore the injustices that are going on across our country. The senseless, racially charged deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Tony McDade, and Breonna Taylor, along with the many other Black lives lost from police brutality, cannot be forgotten or ignored. So today, while we usually keep our podcast light and fluffy and apolitical, we have to start by acknowledging the protests and riots that are happening in Minneapolis and across our country, and to let you all know that we stand with the Black Lives Matter movement. Never forget that Stonewall was a riot against police and police brutality, and we cannot in good conscience stand up for the LGBTQ community without also standing for the Black community in this tumultuous time. We encourage you all to donate to Black Lives Matter, to do whatever you can to stop injustice when you see it. We could not remain silent about this, and we hope that you choose not to as well. In order to truly appreciate the gravity of the situation that has happened and is happening across our country, we will not be doing any more This Week in the Lesdom updates this week. But we do hope that you enjoy this episode about Henrietta Hudson as we kick off Pride Week and talk about the spaces and people that are so important to our community. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode 17. We're getting close to the end here of season three. God save the lesbian bar. Please, God save the lesbian bar. And we are thrilled, Amen. thrilled to have an expert here to help us dive into this topic. We're joined today by Lisa Canastracci. Is that how you say it? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa, the owner of Henrietta Hudson, the oldest lesbian bar in New York City. Lisa, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
I'm so excited to have you here, Lisa. Henrietta Hudson has had very fond memories for me. I spent my 21st birthday there. Awesome. Yes. It's such a great place. I'm, I'm waiting for Lisa halfway through this episode to be like, didn't I kick you out of my bar one time? <laughs> She's like, you're actually, you're banned from Henrietta. <laughs> so Lisa, let's talk a bit about Henrietta Hudson. Um, when and how did you start the bar? Because you've been there for a very long time. That's an interesting story. And it is one of fate. Um, I had no control over it. It, it just happened. So... In the, in the 80s, I bartended on Wall Street, uh, a couple of blocks from the Trade Center, across the street from the uh, American Stock Exchange. So at four o'clock, I had 70 stockbrokers in my bar. It was the Wolf of Wall Street days. That movie was not wow. exaggerated. I literally <laughs> hung out with those guys. I partied with them. Quite the party. It was insanity. It was depicted quite well in the film. And I wanted to change the scenery. I wanted to work in the West Village. So back in the 80s, you picked up a paper copy of the Village Voice at midnight on a Tuesday. And that's when the job listings came out. So I picked up a Village Voice. And on Wednesday, I went to a job interview a few blocks north of uh, now that's Henrietta Hudson. I walked in. It was a beautiful restaurant, white tablecloth, very fancy. I was interviewed. The guy said, I really want to hire you, but you look too young. I was 22 at the time, and I looked about maybe 18. I was very upset. I was walking back down Hudson Street South, and it literally, the sky opened up. It started pouring rain. I ran into some random bar to get out of the rain. That is my bar now today. So Wow. It's true. I, Who's making this movie? That's I, what I want to know. <laughs> That's how we'll make all the money for Henrietta is let's make the movie <laughs> Mass, yes. produ- mass production let's go oh my god <laughs> i'll i'll play you lisa because i also look younger than i am so you know <laughs> it'll, it's all gonna work out i my agent tells me i could play 18 still i think well 22 yes you could <laughs> but looking at i ran in to get out of the rain it was uh, about four o'clock in the afternoon this real stone butch bartender her name was Jeannie breadwin and she's like what are you doing out in the rain honey And uh, I remember I ordered a Remy neat and a black coffee. I told her what I was doing. I was looking for work. And she said, we have shifts available. It was the cubby hole. It was the original cubby hole that stood at 438 Hudson from 1980 to 1990. This was March of 85. They offered me the two slowest shifts in the industry, which was Monday night and Saturday afternoon. I kept my job on Wall Street. At the same time, I worked at the cubby hole. Uh, within a few months, I got the, I was offered very good shifts, the best shifts. I left Wall Street and I worked at the Cubby Hall from 85 to 90. It closed in 1990. The owner opened another space called Crazy Nannies, which was a block away. A woman came into the bar at the Crazy Nannies and said, I really like your style. I like the way you bartend. Let's reopen the old Cubby Hall back up. Her name was Minnie Rivera. We are still business partners today, 29 years. She's about 18 years older than me. Incredible woman, put a lot of faith in me. And she and I opened Henrietta Hudson, Gay Pride, 1991, and the rest is history. That wow. is such an amazing story. I have to ch- chime in. If it did not rain that day, I would have gotten on the subway. Wow. So really, God created <laughs> Henrietta Hudson. Yes, so the cosmos God did. God yes. will save Henrietta <laughs> Sometimes yeah. the gods rain down a flood and, you know, it's just, 
it's all it's all to save the gays i think is, it, is it, the point there i tell you um i often think what my life would be like because i was studying to be a clinical psychologist uh, which really does translate into the bar business where instead of having 20 patients i have 20,000 patients or clients <laughs> or yeah. a couple hundred thousand but i have to just correct you on one thing henrietta hudson is the longest running lesbian bar in the country uh wow. today yes yes but and i also want to chime in that we do change constantly with the times and we we do reinvent and rebrand and try to keep it fresh and see what's trending and what the community needs so we i no longer um call it a, a lesbian bar i call it a lesbian centric queer human bar i love, I love that it. too we were going to talk about that yeah. so when did you make that shift because i know obviously like as the times change like identities have shifted yeah. people are much more fluid when were you like this is the moment let's change this and why okay january 2013 i remember i do a ton of activism i was the vice president of marriage equality usa when doma was struck down um i was wow. at the, i was at the supreme court with Edie windsor not in the supreme court but my group um and of course we won so i go to a ton of events and i would grab young queer kids at events and talk to them and because henrietta's hudson's iconic status was hurting us in around 2011 2012 because and i'll tell you what the kids told me i said hey would you go to henrietta hudson and they go no and i said why and they go it's so old so <laughs> I, I needed to hear that ah uh, the youth and they were right so that was it it was january 2013 i embarked upon a whole new uh programming for henrietta hudson a staff refresh a modern logo but also keeping the the iconic logo djs from all over the world vegas style burlesque shows all our go-go dancers were professional dancers not just drunk people on a bar um <laughs> more engaging door people i feel the door person is the most important person i love your door the person yeah. allison probably allison, allison yes. yeah Allison yeah, yeah. was, yes, yeah. I agree. She's Top amazing. of the experience. Yeah, yeah. She is just such a good human. Yeah, you have to. I feel like that's, it can be either an entry into joy or it can be a gauntlet, you know? Like it's the first thing you see, it's your first experience. So I was finding in 2011, 2012, when I was working on the marriage equality stuff, I was absent from the bar. We had somebody running it and it got, it got kind of icky. I didn't really like what was going on. I had met with each of my staff individually and told them what my vision was for moving forward. Literally 50% of them were jumping for joy. 50% of them had absolutely no interest in it. They slowly were either walked away or were escorted out. Yeah. Um, and then replaced with young people who wanted to do the work, be in service, you know, be engaging. And uh, it, uh, let me tell you something, 2014, I saw a shift, 2015, 2016, the last three years we've been open have been the busiest we've been since 1991. Wow. Yeah. And that's, is... there's something that's so great too about like, cause I feel like that is reflective of like that willingness to adapt, you know, mm -hmm. and like grow and change and evolve. And it's like, I know it's something that um, I think the queer community in general is always kind of wrestling with, you know, is is even for a community of, 
you know, people who are the minority and the, the outsiders and the other in so many ways um, that, like, we can also be resistant to change mm -hmm. within mm -hmm. ourselves and within our own community, you know, and I think it's something that, that we're constantly constantly dealing with is like how do you remain flexible in your own self in your own ways mm -hmm. in your own you know things that you that you just have settled into um and so i love that like the the decision to do that was like met by the community mm -hmm. uh, and like oh, recognized mm -hmm. for what it was you know so uh, a funny story uh, when i opened in 1991 i was open about three weeks and i had the super diverse staff i had a guy this guy terry who just came into New York from Ireland. He was so adorable, this Irish guy, tiny little guy, beautiful face. He loved to cross-dress. He was straight, very respectful. He was, he was my cocktail waitress. And uh, a woman came over to me and she said, uh, there's a guy working here. This was in 1991. I said, I know, I hired him, isn't he great? And she goes, <laughs> uh, I don't really know how I feel about that. Like, I don't think I'm comfortable with that. And I said, honey, unless you were the Immaculate Conception, at one point there was a man in your life. And she said, well, I don't know if I'm going to come here anymore. And I said, well, I hope you find a space that you feel safe in. And, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, I, this has been my doctrine since day one. I was so excited when the queer kids came up, the gender nonconforming, non-binary kids, because I needed something to be excited about. I needed something to have interest in. I mean, mm -hmm. working just strictly within the lesbian community can be, you know, in any community, you want diversity. You know, Henrietta started as a lesbian bar and morphed into like this all-inclusive queer space. You know, trans folks always felt comfortable at Henrietta's. And one more thing I want to toss in there is that when the queer kids started coming in, some of the uh, older lesbians, uh, some f people would ask me, so like, what do the older lesbians think? How do they feel? Did, like, in other words, do they feel like their space is being invaded? And you know what? It was the opposite. I saw the most organic fusion of these young queer kids gravitating to the owls, right? The older, wiser mm. lesbians <laughs> and, and vice versa and chit-chatting and buying each other drinks and like hanging off each other. It was because, you know, it's what it's we set the stage for that. You know, we set the stage for that. Like if somebody came up to me and said, you know, what the heck's going on? I mean, they would probably use another word. You know, this is a lesbian bar. I would be like, honey, we're still open. Just be grateful. You know, like, yeah. listen, but me personally, I love the influx of all the diverse pieces of our tribe. You know, it's been great. I love that so much. And it, I think it like gives us hope that like for people who think, oh, we like we can't uh, connect or agree. Like there is a space where that is possible if you just put people in the same room. Absolutely. Like, With alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> With alcohol and parties. So I think that's like sort of a, a good lead lead in a bit to, okay, so let, let's say, why do we need a physical space? Like somebody might say, which I completely disagree with, <laughs> but somebody might say like, oh, you know, like people are more accepting. So people can go anywhere. You can go to a straight bar. You can just go hang out at your friend's house. Why is it so important that we have a space that's just for us? I, I want to speak. I have a, I have a good uh, something to say. So I did a lot of work around marriage equality. I was on Marriage Equality New York and marriage equality was passed. When marriage equality was passed in New York, 
we, the, the folks in California reached out to us because of Prop 8. Obviously, that was devastating. You have it, and now you don't have it. So the folks in California said, hey, you got marriage equality in New York. Would you consider merging with us? And we were called Mayusa, Marriage Equality USA. And we did it. I knew the whole time that I was fighting for marriage equality that it would have an adverse effect on my business. And I was right. What happened was, what happens? Marriage equality is the law of the land. Lesbians can drink in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, Hoboken, New Jersey, Astoria, Queens. Nobody gives a shit about, like, straight people are not intimidated by lesbians like they are gay men. So lesbians are making out at Applebee's. They're hanging out at a, <laughs> they're hanging out at a sports bar in Astoria. They're whatever. I knew that was going to happen. I knew it would force me to up my game and make the space more interesting right? Why are they going to come to the West Village when they can just go up the block and drink draft beer for in pitchers or whatever? And that did force me. That was a big impetus behind my rebranding and my reinventing Henrietta Hudson. So I gave them a reason to come. I, I upped the game of the staff and it worked. It worked. It mm-hmm. is, it's completely different experience when a group of LGBTQ folks commune in a space that is exclusively for them. It's a different experience. And of course you can have a drink up the block, but you can't com- completely be yourself. Yeah. You know? No, it's it's definitely a different thing. I mean, I think it's something that we hear from our listeners too. I'm like, there's a million podcasts out there, you know? Why do you need a podcast that's that's just queer? Just queer. Just yeah. dumb queer stuff, us talking <laughs> queer stuff. But it's like, we hear from so many people who are like, you know, I don't have a lot of gay friends. Uh, I don't have like a huge queer community around me. And like, there's just my straight friends accept me. They are nice. They are, they love me. You know, like we have a ton of fun together. But like, you know, we hear from so many people who are like, I listen to your podcast and it's just, it's, it's something different. There's Mm -hmm. a different connection and it's something that you can't find anywhere else. Like you can't find it. You can't find connection with queer people without queer people. Right. (laughs) You gotta have them. (laughs) It's a sanctuary, you know, you know, you know, even before you step in the door, it's just so much love and acceptance and gratitude. Like my staff right now gets that they're in the service industry. A lot of people in the service industry don't like serving people. (laughs) You know, I remember in the 90s, it was a huge thing in the 90s, the bitchy bartender, Mm -hmm. the really mean, arrogant, blah, blah. I, I never subscribed to that and I would never allow that in my spaces, but it was a thing, you know? Yeah. No, it's not a, it's not a thing for me. No. You know, you know what, what's interesting that I found when I've been at Henrietta's cause we've hosted a few events there. Um, you have like the staff is a part of the experience, but there's also a lot of people there who, you know, like are going to be there every time you go. <laughs> yeah. So I would love for you to talk just a little bit about like, the regulars, the sure. people who come all the time and like the community that's built there. Sure. I can't speak specifically to people too much because <clears throat> I am asleep uh, pretty early at night. You know, I am more of a producer. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not the star. I, I never wanted to be the star. My staff are the stars. The the, the customers are the stars. So I can speak to, to, the, uh, to the community like, we have a DJ, DJ Tika, and Tika has catnip on her. I mean, she attracts the most interesting, artsy, you know, uh, avant-garde group. And 
she really brought a big queer twist to Henrietta's. I think she's been with me like four or five years now. She does Sundays and Thursdays. Thursdays is homo town and mm-hmm. Sundays is rec room with a W-R-E-C-K. Um, and yeah, she this the flavor that comes in. The regulars, like I said, I, I really can't speak to them specifically because I'm not there and I don't want to, I don't want to be disingenuous. That's okay. Well, I'll speak to the two times that I have. <laughs> okay, there. great, great. Well, I've been there plenty of other times before we started doing our events when I was in college, but I can tell you I didn't remember a lot of those times oh, or good. the people that I met. We were doing our job well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I graduated college in 2014. So oh. it's actually really interesting because you said you did your like rebrand in 2013-ish, yes. right? Yeah. And that's when I turned 21. Wow. So cool. I was like... I was, I w- like to think I was a part of your rebrand after we talked. You are. <laughs> you're you're like, a child was, of the rebirth, Ellie. Ch- yeah, I was the one who benefited greatly from it. I loved going to Henrietta's. It was like my, like our routine, you know, we'd go into the city and we would like stop, start at the cubbyhole, like to grab a drink and just like sit and talk. And then we'd head over to Henrietta's and we'd go and dance and we'd like stay there for m- the majority of the rest of the night. But the few times I've been there for trivia, I've seen the same people and I, I'll like look at them and be like, I know you. I met uh-huh. you before. Right. Because like you walk in and it's like there's a lot of different people, but there's also a lot of the same. And I think there's something about that, that routine, building that routine with people that feels like you're in a space that's your home. And even me being there, like I'm from Boston, so I don't go to, to New York as much as I would like. But even being there a few times, I felt so comfortable. I, I like, love just, it. I'm, yeah. I'm still... I love what I do. I mean, it's, I've been doing it a long time. I, you have to love what you do. Otherwise it's not going to work. Yes. It comes through. I put a lot of, I put a lot into it, you know, like, yeah. do you have, do you have specific memories of, cause especially now, like, I mean, for a bar that's been around for 30 years, right? I mean, the nineties celebrity, like queer celebrities were a very different thing than like queer celebrity you know, culture and awareness and everything now. How has that shift been? And do you have like favorite memories of like celebrities who have come to the bar mm-hmm. or anything? Sure. I can throw two out that that are crazy. So it was probably around 1993. Uh, it was. And Madonna was due. We, by the way, we had a pay phone in the corner. Oh my God. The phone number was 212-243-9470. And the pay phone rang and it was Madonna's people. And they wanted to, this is true, it's a true story. <laughs> they were looking for androgynous dancers for the girly tour. And they wanted to hang up posters in Henrietta's. Now, you know, that's how it worked, right? There was no fucking internet. So um, I can curse, right? So, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, anyway, they showed up, we hung the posters up. They were like, you know, they weren't graphically finessed, but we put them up. And she wound up hiring one of our customers and the, the customer worked with her for years, but this is the best part. So they said, listen, Madonna wants to go out. She wants to go to all the lesbian bars. Would you take her? And I said, uh-huh. yeah. I said, yeah, sure. And I got to be honest with you. I love Madonna, but I was working so hard at the time. I was so tired. It was like a chore because I was exhausted, but I did it. <laughs> so this is the experience. They show up in the, like a Mercedes blacked out windows. At the time she was dating Jenny Shimizu, the model, the Calvin Klein model. Mm-hmm. You know who she is, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Jenny. So she and Jenny were in the back. My girl and my girlfriend was in the back. 
and I got in the front and I took it to all the lesbian bars uh, unannounced we showed up. We wound up at the Roxy that night. Imagine the time frame. She was wearing the Adidas Lycra dress with the Heidi braids, the blonde braids with the shell top shoes. Oh my God. Yeah. And, <laughs> what a moment in time that and, describes, huh? And she had no money on her. She didn't carry money. Because every, everywhere she went, people bought stuff for her. Right. And she drank Perrier. Oh my yeah. God. So, wow. And she hung out in Henrietta's by the ice machine that night, but a lot of people didn't recognize it because it was a new look. <laughs> that is so great. Can you imagine, like, somewhere someone is going to be listening to this episode being like, wait a minute, I think I saw Madonna at Henrietta's in the 90s. I just <laughs> realized. They're like, I saw that Adidas dress. <laughs> yeah, it was. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Green. So I have a really good story about Martina Navratilova, and it ties in our activism. In 1992, Colorado passed an anti-sodomy law, and they were people were losing their apartments, they were losing their jobs. If they fought against it, they would immediately lose stuff. You couldn't fight in Colorado. So New York founded New York Boycott Colorado, okay? So we could fight from New York for them. So I was a part of that. And actually, the, the one celebrity that brought light to this particular issue was Martina Navratilova. And she spearheaded the, uh, the cause. But what happened was we did boycott Colorado. They lost $90 million in reservations in three weeks, ski reservations. But the areas in Colorado that was, were losing the most money were the ones who were liberal and mm. not against it. But you can't cherry pick who gets hurt, right? So Martina Navratilova walks in the bar. And I have these signs up. They were really, they looked like the Colorado mountains. They were green and white, New York boycott. I still have them. Um, I could send you one if you want. And uh, Yeah, that'd be so cool. <laughs> and uh, she looked up around and I had no, and I said, hey, what's up? You know, I had my dog with me, my little Maltese, Ralphie. And she looked up around and she goes, you know, you should stop the boycott. And I said, and I knew what, where she was going. She goes, the spaces, the, the, the areas losing the most money are the ones who are against the, the uh, you know, the law. And I said, well, 
you can't really, you can't, that's not how it works, you know, in activism. You gotta stay strong, you gotta keep pushing through. Every people get hurt, you know. So I didn't really like that. So then she proceeded to say to me, then this was 1992, you know, somebody should really open a lesbian bar, uh, a non-smoking lesbian bar, (laughs) which is impossible. And I said to her, uh, and she was actually, before that, I'm screwed up the story, before that she asked if she could hold my dog. So she was holding my dog while we were talking. And then she made that suggestion. And I said, give me my dog back and don't quit your day job. (laughs) 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 And I walked away. I, I feel like we have to at least mention for our listeners, though, that you're also smoking while we tell this story, which I think is like really just ties it all together for us, which is perfect. That's <laughs> oh, fine. Oh, my God. We could not have asked for better stories. Yeah, if we I know. Right? Madonna and Martina. Well. Yeah. Oh, I have a great Melissa Etheridge story. So oh my God. this was 2001. She had she and Julie Cipher had just broken up. And every Sunday we did live bands at Henrietta's and they were all, they had to do all original songs. They did two 45 minute sets, whatever band was playing. They were allowed to do one cover per set because I didn't want to hear covers. So I'm at a dinner party in Brooklyn and I hear that Melissa Etheridge just walked in the bar. So I jump in, whatever, I get back to the bar. She was with Alan Cumming and she was upset. She just literally just went through a breakup. So, the, so we're chit-chatting, blah, 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 me, her, and Alan. And the band's playing. It was called the Lauren Pellegrino Band. And they wound up, they didn't know she was there. She was in one of the little seats, the window seats. So she, this woman, Lauren, proceeds to do uh, Come to My Window. And Melissa Edwards <laughs> looks at me and she goes, can I, can I go on stage? I said, oh, my yeah. God. She snuck up behind her and tapped her. I have a picture. And tapped her on the shoulder. And the girl almost had a fucking heart attack. Oh and that God. was, let me tell you something, that was a night. And then she asked if she could do a song. And she did Peace of My Heart by Janis Joplin. And she changed the words uh, to describe the breakup. Wow. Oh, my God. That is such a gay thing to do. Can, uh, I mean, yes. Can you well, imagine that? Well, just so gay. Can you imagine you're on stage, like doing you know just like doing your gig and you start singing your one cover you're allowed for the evening and it's a melissa etheridge song and melissa etheridge shows up behind you i mean good lord it was great but this is the funny part so once uh, that that was great but once i had gotten to the bar i said i gotta lock the front door i don't want any idiots coming in and we locked the door for the band the band's got 100 percent of the door so i knock on Somebody would knock. I open it and they go, they, I go, there's a band playing tonight. It's a $5 cover. They go, who's playing? I go, Melissa. <laughs> 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 they, paid the, they paid the $5. Yeah. Oh, like, wow. And she, wow. it was great. It was, that was a really fun, fun night. Yeah. That's that, crazy. That is so crazy. I'm like, I'm also trying to like keep my jaw off the floor when you're like, yeah, I just talking to Melissa and Alan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> But I that's but that's why I think it's funny too because it's like I feel like even for us like even for you know people like Ellie and my age like the millennial crowd and the Gen Z crowd is like I feel like there's still such a difference with how we feel about like current queer celebrities like mm-hmm. to a, a large extent it's like so many of them like they're our age and it's whatever and it's like you know but then you think about like Melissa Etheridge and I'm like oh my god Melissa <laughs> Etheridge the- I mean she's like an icon yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like I feel like there is like that there's a different tier you know in some ways for certain things yeah. well that's because we're older we're older <laughs> 
<laughs> and we still made Although, it. And therefore more worthy of being revered, obviously. <laughs> so <laughs> True. Well, I feel like we we could go on for years and years about all of the amazing times that you've had at Henrietta's. <laughs> I want to just discuss for a little bit what's happening now with the bar. Sure. And why we need listeners to help and support. Sure. Okay. Well, you know, I'm a bit of a, a political geek. Uh, I'll speak to, I won't use the name, but since the current administration at the White House. It's okay. We'll just bleep it out if you say yeah, it. There are, a lot, <laughs> there, there are a lot of accidental activists. I'm a purposeful activist. I don't espouse my political beliefs. I live them every, every day. Um, and I've been doing that since I joined ACT UP in the 80s. That said, up until the past three years, I was, I was kind of mocked and judged for, for combining politics with nightlife. Like people used to say like, what are you doing? Like, that's not a, it's nightlife. Just leave it alone. Like, why do you got to bring politics into it? I said, it's my bar. And Henrietta Hudson has always been a platform for social change from day one. The bar is, is my career and it supports me, but activism is what gets me out of bed in the morning. So mm. I saw this pandemic coming down the pike because I listened to the data and the facts and Fauci before Fauci was on the air. And I had my staff come together on March 13th, which was a Friday. I called them all in. I told them what was happening. They were shocked. They did not know that it was that severe. I got them all on unemployment before the site crashed on Monday. I closed a day before the mandate. I filed for every loan, the EIDL, the PPP, the SBA, the SBS, nothing, crickets. So that said, you know, we're in the West Village. It's some of the most expensive real estate in the world. That's a fact. And we need to, uh, we need to raise $20,000 per month while we're closed to satisfy the landlord. And that's where we're at. And I feel really good about it. We are, in fact, launching an online retail store in a couple of weeks. That'll be helpful. But we've had incredible success with GoFundMe, with the Facebook fundraiser, Venmo, PayPal, you know, you name it. People are really, really responding. I've done six articles already. Uh, Time Out Magazine, The Advocate was very helpful. NBC Out, uh, Them, two articles in Them, Gay City News. Um, I, have a, I have an interview scheduled for June 1st for Forbes magazine, which mm, is interesting nice. because they interviewed me exactly a year ago for World Pride. So wow. let me pivot for a moment. My World Pride events were a year in the making because I don't just do Henrietta's. I do the off-premise pop-up nightclubs that I build, which was Siren and Queer on the Pier. So that was a year-long endeavor. That experience prepared me for this because I am fight we're, I'm fighting for my life right now and yeah. I'm I feel good about it but I'm working 60 hours a week right now to keep the bar open yeah and we all as a community I think this is like to me this is probably the most important thing like I personally love queer bars like I could not live without them so no, I'm not I, it is, I will reopen I you, will <laughs> I I love it and to make sure that Lisa does reopen, we're going to put all of the links to the GoFundMe, the Venmo, PayPal. You can find Henrietta Hudson's on Twitter, on Instagram, at Henrietta Hudson. We have, but... a, we have a link tree um, on our Instagram, so you can pop on and pick whatever app works for you. Perfect. It's time, I think, for our Q&A, right, Lee? <laughs> yeah, we could do it. Q, 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 and, and, gay. All right, so we're going to do a Q&A. We're going to ask you yes or no or multiple choice questions. 
and you just have to answer. We're going to put them on our Twitter as well. So some of them might be, you already know what your answer is, but our Twitter followers might not. So okay, here we go. First question. Have you ever met a Celesbian out in the wild? A, yes, or B, no? I don't know what out in the wild means. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, just like in, out just in the like world. at a bar in the world. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in yes. the wild. Yeah. Yes. In their natural habitat, which is probably at Henrietta's. <laughs> Uh, question two, Lisa, have you ever been a regular at a local bar? Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> what local bar are you a re regular at besides Henrietta's? In Brooklyn, where I used to live in Bay Ridge, nice. Brooklyn. Yeah. Nice. All right. What is your favorite thing about an LGBTQ bar? A, the drinking, B, the dancing, C, the events, or D, the people? The people. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, question four. Now, again, uh, might be a little biased answer for you, Lisa, but we're gonna put it up for our listeners as well. <laughs> question four. What type of LGBTQ specific business would you want to own? A, a bar, <laughs> B, clothing, C, a media company, or D, an events company? A, bar. <laughs> good answer. Really? Have you considered doing that? It sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it sounds I, like you'd be really good at it. I might give it a shot. <laughs> All right, our final Q&A. Where did you celebrate your 21st birthday? This is because I celebrated mine at Henrietta's. But A, house party with friends. B, lesbian bar. C, Vegas baby. Or D, date night with my partner. House party. Nice. <laughs> Tell us more. Whose house? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was so Melissa many years Hathridge. ago, right? Melissa um, Hathridge's house. By just my posse, you know, my, my tribe. Nice. And remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Lisa, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I loved hearing all of your stories, and I know our listeners are going to love this episode. Thanks for having me. And we're me. hoping it encourages people to remember and cherish the lesbian and queer spaces around them uh, and help support them through all of this, because it is. I mean, it's just, you know, I don't think we, we have to keep saying, like, it's a it's a crazy time right now and everybody is just struggling to get by. And I think, you know, what we're seeing with this is the same thing we're seeing everywhere else that like minority owned companies, you know, bars, places like women owned, queer owned, like those are the places that are hurting the most right now. They're the places that are always pushed out, you know, in, in our fun capitalist society. So <laughs> we will not let them. We got to keep them alive, y'all. We got to keep them alive. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. I, I really enjoyed this. Let me hear you say hip, 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 well, yeah. We love hearing from you and building community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. And this week, we want to give a huge shout out to Leo Sheng and all of the people who came to our L Word Trivia Night. Leo, who plays Micah on Generation Q, was so warm and amazing and answered so many of our questions. I knew he would be great, but he was even better when we actually got to hang out with him on Zoom. So we want to say a huge thank you to Leo. Thank you to everyone who came and hung out with us. Also would like to shout out April, also known as Fumatic, for our Portrait of a Lady on Fire video edit because she did an incredible job, of course, and we just love it so much. We have been hoping she would be able to do a video edit for quite some time. We finally wrangled her in and we could not be happier. We also would like to thank Sabrina Jalis, who was our guest for our tag quarantine, should have been gay. <laughs> 
She was an absolute riot. I cannot wait for you to hear her episode. So we want to say thank you for coming and hanging out with us and making me laugh more than I have ever laughed in an hour. You are in for quite the treat. We also want to shout out an email we got from one of our listeners who signed off a great and proud baby gay listener, which we always appreciate, a proud baby gay. Uh, This is for Fernanda who lives in South America, which I think is so cool. She's a journalist. Um, I was talking to her a bit about my sister, who's a journalist, which I don't know how many of you know that. My sister is a journalist in San Salvador, so we were talking a little bit about that and just Fernanda's Baby Gay Awakening. So we want to say we are so happy to be a part of your Baby Gay Awakening. (laughs) And to all you baby gays out there, we see you, we hear you, and we do answer your emails, even if they are super, super long. We will still answer them. I promise. And as always, we want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Mark Foster, Danny Gunlock-Tamora, Audrey O'Connor, Alana Rosen, Kayla Kelly, Tara Gleason, and Jacqueline Rose Nishino. And our King Princess patrons, Lizette Stye, Amy and Ellen, Liz Shen, and Leah Hendley. And our favorite sponsorship at patron, Wendy K. Bartlett, who wants to remind you all to support queer creators and musicians and artists at this time. Thank you, Wendy. We are very excited to announce a new event that we will be hosting called Porch Pride 2020. Anyone can participate. All you have to do is go out onto your porch or in your backyard, somewhere outside, hang out and celebrate pride on June 20th from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will also be hosting a virtual live stream from our porches and some other porches of some featured guests that you can hang out with on our Facebook and YouTube for completely free. We want it to be a place where everyone can hang out virtually and just enjoy each other's company. Each featured porch will be featuring a charity of their choice and you could actually personally hang out with us on our porches with virtual one-on-ones, of course, in two different ways. The first way is a suggested donation or completely free raffle, depending on what you can afford, and all of the proceeds from that raffle will go towards the selected charity. Or we will have two other time slots that will be auctioned off to the highest bidder. That way we can raise as much money as possible for these charities while also offering an option for people regardless of their financial status. Stay tuned on our social media accounts for some more guest announcements. You can also post on social media. So if you're hanging out on your porch, take a picture of yourself, post it on Twitter with the hashtag, hashtag porch pride, and we'll share your pictures on our Instagram, Twitter. We want to see everyone celebrating. Just because we're all socially distant right now, it does not mean that we can't keep Pride alive. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. And make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll be the first one to know when new episodes drop. We're also still posting videos up on our YouTube channel. You might have caught our amazing video for our Portrait of a Lady on Fire original song that April made for us and we are in love with. And we we will be having, you know, maybe something related to that Suddenly Seymour track coming up soon. Who knows? Cannot wait. So make sure that you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch those. 
If you want to support the podcast, the easiest and most free way to do so is to rate and review us on iTunes. We love hearing what you have to say and all of the glowing five-star reviews. Thank you. <laughs> you can also join us at our Patreon. You can find it at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We have been so, so blessed with our patrons. They are just some of the best people. You get fun perks. You get ad-free episodes. We've been trying to do some fun patron-only events through all of this as well. Uh, and it's just, it's a good queer time. We recommend it. I know I said last week that we were only three patrons away from 100, and you all came through and then some. We had eight new patrons, so I want to say a big thank you to all of our new patrons, Liz, Julia, Monica, Christy, Lee, Bethany, Alex, no one, and the ultimate crybaby. I think I got you all. I want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you to all of you for helping us get to over 100. We cannot wait to hang out with more of you. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.